Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch. Today I'm doing it in the style of a 40s news radio commenter. I'm not sure what's up with that. But hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host. And with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, first up, I'm going to introduce him first for once because I want to throw him in the swimming pool at BlizzCon, and maybe this year will be the year. Mitch, what's going on, Mitch? Uh, well, with an introduction like that, I fear is going on. Come on, um, it won't be that bad. It'll be California. It'll be warm. It'll be, you, you'll probably enjoy it. I, I, I might enjoy it. Yeah. Anyhow. Look at it that way. Yeah. But so I'll always be doing? looking over my shoulder. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, actually, I'm working through the balance of power on my Demon Hunter. Not like literally the second, but uh, my guild has been putting a group together for that. So Where that's you guys fun. Um, we just did the Nighthold, the 30 Corrupted Essences uh, oh, this past week. So now I would have wanted to hitchhike. I, I need to do that. Oh, I mean, I'm sure we can put something together. Anyhow, outside of that... Um, and forced me to watch Critical Role, so I'm on episode three right now, and <laughs> it's good. I'm enjoying of of season two. Um, not oh not, yeah, season two. There's, yeah, I, there's no way I'm going to have the time to watch the first one ever. See, um, I I didn't. I, I'm not I'm sure the season one was good. I don't have anything against it, but I didn't start watching Critical Role till season two because I wanted a jumping on point. And I feel that, like that, that was, was yeah. exactly I, I kind of meant to do that and then I didn't and then I got behind and I was like, oh, they're like three or four hours each and there's already. But Anne's like, no, do it. You have to watch them. So here I am. See, yeah, they're good. Uh, I'm my biggest. I'm my, the big fan of Ashley Johnson on that show. I think she's great. So I'm always happy when she's on and sometimes she's not on quite often, actually. And that's always a sad thing for me. But otherwise, it's a good show. I like I like what they do with it, you know, that they actually have characters and they play them. So she's well, back have, now for like six weeks or something. I haven't really. I know. I'm excited. D and D before, which I know is going blah blah blah. See, I've um, wanted us to start a D and D game forever. I've wanted us to do something where we did a D and D game. I thought that would be so awesome, but but yeah, it's it's really fun to watch, and it's it takes a second to kind of understand what's happening. But I think I'm in the swing of it now. So cool, cool. Uh, also with us, the person that forced Mitch to watch that. Uh, Dan Stickney. Ann, what have you been up to? Hi. <laughs> what have I been up to? <laughs> Whoa, Ann's Besides here. forcing Mitch to, to do things. I liked your intro voice, by the way, because it reminded me of um, the intros that you heard for like those old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like Hercules and whatnot, or Thundar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of what it sounds like. You're right. it, it, was, it was that kind of a voice, so I was waiting for that kind of an intro, but we didn't get it. But that's okay. I still Sorry. enjoyed it. Um, it was lovely. It was lovely. What have I been up to? Mostly, like, leveling the alt a little bit here and there. Messing around on alpha here and there. Um, just to see what's what. And oh, that's also stuff. what I was doing. Yeah, I, I, was so into my, I was so into my Lightforge Draenei until they started introducing all the new ally races we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, You thought man. that was cool. Well, here's like, the thing. is like, I have this Nightborn that I'm quietly leveling. And the Nightborn is at 81 or 82. I think almost level 82. So working away in Pandaria now, messing around there because I like Pandaria a lot. And uh, I have alts of all of the other allied... Ra- like I have a Void Elf and I have a Light Forged, and I even have a High Mountain Tauren, even though I don't typically play Tauren. I made one just to make one, kind of. And I don't know if I'm actually going to level that character or not. I don't know if I'm going to level a Void Elf even. <laughs> or the Light Forge. Like, all of them look really cool, but I'm like, 
I'm invested in the Nightborn right now. I'm at level 80-something, and I'm sitting here with this existential question of when I eventually hit 110 with this character, which I will, won't take too much longer, I don't think. Um, I just need to buckle down and do it. Do I really want to go through that whole process all over again? And again. I, I totally and again. get that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I that's... don't know if I do. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, that does remind me, though. Yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, and it's a funny thing to forget. I hit 120 on the alpha. Uh, yeah, I haven't done that. I have not done that. I think my highest character on the alpha is 114 or something like that. Um, but that's because I've been focusing more on skulking around and getting to places that I shouldn't be than actually like... Yeah, which now all the places are open. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the level cap was 119 for a little while there. And then they just raised it last week. So yeah, I, And I had all of Bulldoon left because I had it, double XP through the first two zones. So it, it didn't yeah. take long. It it doesn't really actually take all that long to level. You would think that the jump from one ten to one twenty would be a slog, but it's not. It's, it's I mean I'd, I'd say it's it's average. It's about like yeah. five to six hours per zone, and each zone is like not, three. Levels. Not really, not really much harder than it was for Legion. Though. No, no, no. It's about the same speed as it was in Legion, so it's not it's not like super difficult or anything. It's actually See, pretty fun. I know it won't get me the outfits, but I'm really seriously considering taking my human warrior. And, uh, you know, just changing him over to uh, Cult okay. Heron Human. Ah. And the question here becomes, do I go male or female? And this depends entirely on if men also get that cool blasted out eyeball. Because oh, one of the... Is it, but isn't that a... Is that a dwarf or is that a Cult Heron model? It's Cult Heron model. I know. Oh, but I think okay. it's an NPC. I don't know if that's like going to be a player model yeah, or not. If that's if that's playable, if 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 players get the blasted out eyeball and only women can get it, because right now it's only available on a woman's face, so it could just be an NPC. But if that's something they actually give to players, uh, I will have that. So I will be playing a female. Uh, I probably play a female anyway, because speaking you know. of warriors, the only reason why I am considering leveling the light forge right now is because I made a light forge warrior. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they have that nice polearm animation, which is really cool. And they have that they have that that AOE blow everything up thing, which makes tanking so fascinating. Because you can pull by just making an entire pack explode. Really? Like they don't die. What they, is this? Yeah. Oh, it's the racial. Um, I don't oh. remember its name, but it's like every two, three minutes, instead of Gift of the Naru where they heal themselves, they put like a explosive version on a target. And then after like five seconds, it goes off and everything in around it gets hit by like, it's a, it's not. Obviously, I'm going to have to level the, the light. The allied race <laughs> racials seem really strong. Which strong I, but weird. Like the, 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 yeah, they're strong but weird, but I just find it amusing given that Blizzard's kind of gone out of their way to balance all the other racials the past couple expansions and now yeah, but the late forge ones like for instance the one that gets me is the late forge ones are stuff like you get more experience from killing demons uh do you, you really when, yeah when you die you explode and everything around you takes damage uh that's the material thing yeah, yeah that happens uh, and you can put the damage thing out, and then after a few seconds, an AOE explosion goes off. And that's for anybody, like any Light Forge. Uh, when I tank, I use it as a pull. Like, I, I put that on them, and then I wait, and then boom, it goes off, and everyone comes running to me because they all got hit by it. And then if you if you do that, and then you heroic leap after it goes off, you can put a ton of AOE out right up front. And basically, it's like, it's this beautiful threat seal. It's like, yeah, you do yeah. this, you you do these two things, and nothing will come off of you. 
They just, nope, now they're mine for the rest. As a paladin, like I also tanked on my paladin. As a paladin, it's a great one-two thing. You do your, your shield throw, and then you put that on them, and as they run to you, it goes off, and they run right into your, like if you do consecrate, some some do, some don't. It's just, I love I love Lightforged, but I just, there's so many coming, and I, I we have no idea what they're going to be doing. Like the, the Kul'Tearis Druid forms, have you looked at those things? Those they're are cool. So I cool like looking. them. And and I wasn't sure if anything could top the Zandalari ones, and I don't know if they necessarily top them for me. Top, but no, they're they're a lot closer than I expected them to be. They're to cool in their own distinctive way because it's a completely yes. different. It feels different and new and strange. Like, and I also I also love Drustvar. Like I I cannot rave about that zone enough. I um, told you, so good. It's so um, good. And those are like. You know, models from Drustvar, so I, I immediately yeah. think yeah. of that, and I'm like, oh, this is so, yeah. The, the lore of it is going to be really interesting to dig into once it's actually out, and we can yeah. talk about that sort of thing, because there's there's tons of neat stuff going on there. But we should probably try and talk about various things that aren't just us playing the alpha. Um, that seems strange to say out loud, but uh, one of the things we should talk about these though they're top stories. Uh, uh, as Ann pointed out, not a big news week, but we can talk about some things really fast. Uh, first up, I'm going to mention uh, Deckard Kane is on the PTR right now for Heroes of the oh, Storm. Oh, hello. So you can test Deckard. Uh, as you're our Heroes guy, do you, have you got a chance to play him? Uh, I only tested him a little bit. Again, the, the PTR for Heroes, you have to play three games on the PTR, and then you get the gems to buy them. So I usually just end up doing the like try mode where you face off against NPCs and set your level and all that stuff. Um, he... He's cool. I like him. Uh, I saw a video, and I'm sure this will get nerfed, where he, he has a couple talents, and I can't remember what ones they were exactly, but your potions that he, you know, he can lay out up to five potions. Um, he can just put them on the ground and then leave them there. Um, there's a talent where they give you a shield, and then I think there's one where, like, uh, it's, I think it's a level 20 talent where, like, they respawn after being used or, like, temporarily respawn. Can't remember what exactly it was. The point being here, uh, someone laid a bunch of potions down and then just let Deckard auto-attack a boss. And again, this was in try mode, but um, he he just... The, the potions, because he was standing on top of where the potion spawned, um, the potion just kept respawning and healing him, and he would just... It was really slow, but he auto-attacked the boss and was able to kill it, because... Yeah. Um, I'm sure that'll get nerfed to some degree, but... More importantly, he he's a cool healer, and like he has that heroes of the storm kind of humor in you know Lornado and putting people to sleep and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm excited to try him. I haven't given him as much time as I would like, but I'm excited because the po- the potion thing, especially being able to have five down at once, um, it's really cool. So as we're talking about heroes, we should also mention that Sylvanas's black arrow got nerfed. Yeah. Okay. So her trait. Um, is Black Arrow, which if you play Heroes, you know what she does. But if you don't, her trait disables structures and minions. And by disable, I mean, like, when it comes to structures, uh, they're not able to fire at you, like, you know, kill you, basically. It, it, it makes them unable to do anything. Um, and before, what you could do is you could auto-attack one and then have her, um, I think, Shadow Dagger. Uh, one of her abilities, you could have... Black she Arrow, be... wasn't it? Well, Black I think Black Arrow is the trait. Oh, oh but okay. You can... can you activate the trait? I can't remember. But point being, you could lock down two towers at once by auto-attacking one and then ability targeting the other. And it made it so Sylvanas had some serious pushing power. 
which is not bad necessarily, but in some cases it was it was bad. Um, so now her abilities no longer cause uh, the disabling effect, which is, again, it's pretty big because all of her abilities caused it before, and now it's just her auto attacks. They did buff her auto attack damage slightly to compensate. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to be a big change that if you're, if you're a Sylvanas player, like a casual Sylvanas player, it will probably take some getting used to um, because you won't be locking things down nearly as much as you were before. Um, but I, th- I think, honestly, I think it's for the good because um, especially in like easy AI, I'm, I'm, eh, easy AI matches, you could have some where you would all just push the lane and because you have Sylvanas, it ends in like two or three minutes, which sure, it's, it's fine for dailies, but it, that's a little stupid. Um, I think it'll take a little while for people to adjust, and once people adjust, it'll be a, an okay change. Alrighty. Uh, there was also an, an Ask Me Anything on Reddit this week. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look through it? Anything you know? I, I have not, to be honest. I haven't had a chance to. I don't look. think that there was anything super major on the AMA. What was interesting was they also released, like, um, they had, I think it was just like a blue post type thing where they were talking about the various issues that people were having. Um, with stuff like MMR and matchmaking, ranked play, that kind of thing. Um, I know that the community has been kind of down lately because it seemed like they weren't being listened to and issues weren't being addressed or anything. Um, so It was just, it was silence. There wasn't really communication. And there wasn't, yeah, there was no communication there. And uh, Blizzard did a really lengthy post covering all of the various issues that people were having issues with um, and they wrapped it up by saying that they recognized that they hadn't been as communicative with the community recently as they could be and that going forward they wanted to like increase their presence and share more of their thoughts and plans with the community at large. That's why they did the AMA in particular was because they hadn't done anything like that in a while. Um, I didn't actually check out the AMA because Heroes is not my forte so um, I, I don't I'm not sure what I, I, came I out mean, on it. <laughs> I, I think it was more interesting. Like if if you like, you know, listening to interviews or reading interviews or whatever. I think it's more of that thing where it's behind this. It's just open communication more than anything. Yeah. I, I, I'm assuming because we didn't get like, oh my god, during the AMA they revealed a new heroes coming or a new map or whatever. Like it, it's more a, a technical in terms of ranking mode and like a a community wide like you know, this is how we're going to communicate with people. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that really big blue post that they had out there where they were talking about this and and how they hadn't been talking a lot, they kind of went through it point by point. So they were talking about MMR and matchmaking and how it's, they don't think that they've hit their goal with how they want that to work. And they are working on improvements for matchmaking. Same thing with ranked play. Um, It's one of those things that they are actively working on. So it's, I mean, it was nice to see them just actually kind of jump out and say hello because they hadn't yeah. done it in a while. Like they hadn't they hadn't said anything in a while. And, and people were like getting a little bit discouraged because when you have problems in a game like that, particularly with stuff like matchmaking and with ranked play, those are things like that's what the game is kind of like built around is that. Yeah, that, that's what you... makes a game tick. And if it's not working right, well, then that means the whole game isn't working right. So why are you playing? You know, and especially you know, just from Blizzard's perspective, like yeah, e- esports is probably going to be where they get you know most of their attention on that game. Um, and if you have a ranked system that the highest level players are complaining about, that's not really that's, good news. That's not good news because it means that it's not 
working the way that you want it to work. And and it, that's not just like on a level of, oh, here's a player playing the game or whatever. It's just the game itself, how the game works, how the game is structured and put together. Like these are very important aspects to Heroes of the Storm. So it's absolutely something where if people feel like things aren't working correctly or, you know, there's evidence that things aren't working correctly, but nothing's being said to address those concerns, people are going to get mad. Yeah. Um, the other big part from that post that I did forget about was uh, they're adding a third ban to ranked draft or any draft mode, rather. Um, but they're adding it at the start. I believe. Was Can what you they explain said. what that means? Because I, like I said, so, I don't play it very much. So, is this is this when you pick a when you say this hero isn't allowed in this game? Yes, exactly. Okay, and, uh, all right. It's I, I can't remember the exact order that it happens in, but it's usually like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, one team will ban the other team will uh, they'll you know pick the hero first, and then they go back and forth, and then partway through each team bans again. And there, because there are so many heroes in the game now, um, and because you know the meta sort of falls into the same places all the time, uh, it just it, it was better. Like people have wanted a third ban for a while now. Um, the problem being, at least for the moment, is that people want it in the middle of the game, so you have time to adjust um, and kind of see what your opponents are doing. And I think Blizzard said, "No, the thinking is here. We don't want people like." massively stalling halfway through the draft phase like we want the first two bands to be uh one of them is like a personal band and then a meta band or something i i can't remember exactly but point being they're adding a third band but people aren't necessarily happy with where it's being added all right well that's certainly something they might not be happy about uh we should probably take a little moment here because ann has something to talk about oh yeah if you enjoy our show you should consider checking out curiosity stream you can check that out at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity with curiosity stream you can watch over 1500 science history tech and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be it's kind of like netflix for documentaries and education but um not boring <laughs> like there's a lot of really good document when, when you when you think of the term documentary you don't Tend, generally tend to think of something that's like super exciting or whatever. There's some really good ones out there. Um, Curiosity Stream also has a ton of original educational programming, like uh, Stephen Hawking's Favorite Places. You can try the service with a one week, one week free trial and subscription and those subscriptions, they start at like two ninety nine a month, so they're not really that overpriced at all. It's less than you'd pay for Netflix, actually. Uh, new shows are added every week, so it's kind of worth sticking around, too. Uh, again, you can find Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity, and every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Okay, thank you. Uh, we should probably move to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is the Shutterwalk card uh, in um, Hearthstone. Oh, Apparently, boy, that card. Yeah. <laughs> this this card's... I've heard people have. People have basically realized this card kind of changes the way the game works in a way that they weren't expecting. And it's not really the card's actual effect, which is simply to duplicate things. Um, but it, it duplicates... I was just looking at this and I've forgotten the exact thing it duplicates. It duplicates the uh, battle cry effects. Yeah, all, all battle so what, cries that have been played thus yeah. far, I believe. What, but it's, what happens the, here is that you run into the same thing that people were running into with Nazdormu way back in the day where... Oh, yeah. If you play cards that have like certain animations or things like that, by the time all of those animations finish playing out, so example here with Shutterwalk in particular, right? Shutterwalk affects like 
it it makes every battle cry that has been used already so far in the game happen again, which is really funny and kind of cool when you think about it. But in play, what happens is, particularly if it's a game where there has been a lot of battle cries played already, you play the shutter walk. It starts going through battle cry, battle cry, battle cry, battle cry. Behind the scenes, it is switched to the other player's turn, but the other player can't see that because all of these battle cry animations are still going off. And by the time all of those battle cries finish playing out, that person has forfeited their turn and the person that played the shutter walk gets to play again that's where people were having an issue with it <laughs> and it's it's even worse than that because shutter walk when it does the replay yeah you can play it again yeah like if you got the card like grumble you can get shutter walk again yeah and play it again and it will replay all the battle cry effects that it replayed before so now instead of it replaying 20 battle cry effects it'll replay 40 battle cry effects <laughs> it's just it's not it's if not even yeah. like it's not even no, somebody was saying it doesn't use the other player's turn Moonlap. it's not that it doesn't it, it's not using the other player's turn it's just forever for them to realize that anything is going on so basically it kind of artificially extends the game for however long it takes for those yeah. silly battle cries to be going off can be played properly and a shaman can actually get an extra 15 to 20 minutes. It's ridiculous. Holy it's absolutely hell. ridiculous because there's nothing you can do but sit there and watch all of this stuff play through. So they are looking at the shutter walk and trying to figure out what to do about this because obviously it's a cool card. I mean, it's a funny, funny card. <laughs> they actually, they also had a behind the scenes where they were saying it, it was actually kind of technically complex difficult to... yeah yeah because you have to you have to when they were putting it together they had to figure out okay which of these battle cries should naturally go before the other because we can't just have them go off in yeah. sequence because if we do then one of them might cancel the other ones out so we need to have a way for them to logically line up and play it there was there was a lot involved with making that card functional and work um and it's a delight to see when you're just watching somebody else play the game, but I can't imagine it's much fun when you encounter it while you're playing. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, I... that's one of those ones that they are uh, looking at, actively looking at right now, and they're going to revisit the Shutterwalk topic and see what they can do in terms of animation timings and, and the deck play style and fix that. Yeah, that's just something I really... When I read about that and I actually watched a video of it, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it's the best card! <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Epic Shutter probably... Saran. Yeah, yeah it's anyway. like that. We should probably move on to the next story, which I think this is probably going to be Overwatch League, since I always forget Overwatch League every week, and then you guys have to remind me we haven't talked about it. So uh, let's talk about Overwatch League. Um, since Anne watches it a lot, we'll let Anne talk about it. Well, I don't watch it a lot, a lot, but I do watch it quite a bit. And I kind of like, I, I follow things in as much as I can follow them. Um, right now, I think the the Valiant are at the top of the leaderboard, um, which is almost to be expected because they've been playing really, really well. What isn't expected is that the uh, London, the Sp London Spitfire have kind of fallen down. Like they're, they're not back up at the top where everybody thought that they were going to be. They ended stage one first, right? Uh, yeah. They won stage one um, yeah, yeah. and they came very close to winning stage two. It was, there was an upset that kept them from playing in that final match, which was pretty great actually made for the, uh, the end of, of stage two was really something to see. So stage three, uh, 
obviously everybody's still kind of like shaking out and whatnot and, and figuring out who's up where. Um, Boston Uprising has stayed pretty high up. They're not like super high. They're up there. Like everybody is playing okay. There have been shakeups up? behind the scenes though. Um, Uprising had one of their oh, star Lord. DPS players. They showed him the door and kicked him out because some unsavory stuff happened to pop up. Um, so there was <sighs> disciplinary action involved with that. So and, and that was one of their star DPS players. And everybody thought, oh no, there's no way that these guys are... Like, how is the team going to work together without that player in that equation? Well, they had another person come on. Um, mistakes, I believe, is, is the player that came in to replace the other one. And they've been doing really really well like the team has actually been doing really really well despite the fact that they lost one of their dps the other shakeup this week uh dallas fuel i believe they lost a coach and then they also yeah that sounds right they also let rascal go which i thought was a really weird decision because rascal's a really good player um I, I, think... I would like to just take a real quick second if you are considering getting into the esports world at any point don't be a terrible person don't yeah, they'll, it, it they'll would, find out. It would behoove you not out. to be a terrible person. Rascal was not a terrible person. Rascal doesn't yes, speak English. Rascal. Doesn't speak English. Um, and I believe the Dallas Fuel cited like communication issues or whatever. Well, yeah, guys, the dude doesn't speak English. Get a translator. <laughs> yeah, there are ways around this. I know there are ways around this because there are several successful teams in the league right now that are dealing with that language barrier and doing so in a very effective fashion. So I don't know what exactly warranted them tossing Rascal out like that, but I think it's really unfair because he's a really good player and he knows what he's doing. And now it doesn't look like he... I mean, they released him. I don't think he's going to be able to come back for season one at all at this point. I don't I don't know if they can pick up... Other, if, like other, if another team could pick him up. I, I don't think that they can. I, I, I don't know oh, how that works. Yeah, that's right, because... Um... Anna was saying that the uh, the trade window like just closed. Yeah. Like the day before they let him go or something. Yeah, and it stinks too because, like I said, Rascal is a really, really talented player. So this really wasn't fair to him at all. Um, and I'm kind of mad about it because I mean, you can sit there and go, "Oh, well, you know, they weren't making an effort to be communicative." Yeah, probably because they don't speak English. Maybe you should like put something in place there to help facilitate that. That's what everybody else has been doing. It's been working great for them. Why didn't you? <laughs> so, I mean, the fuel has been turbulent. <laughs> the, we'll whole, just say the whole that, Overwatch League like, has been like there, the fuel in particular has had more than its fair share of turbulence over the past couple of stages. Like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> the Overwatch League in general, though, has been. It's very. Uh, there's a lot of drama there, involved. Yeah, yeah. There's in that other meme going no, around like in zero other, days since. You know. Right, but in other news, in other better, more fun news, the Shanghai Dragons, who I absolutely love, and yes, I know they have yet to win a match this week, guys. This week is the week. I swear to you, because the new players that they have brought on, all three of the new players have been working really well, and what I've been seeing out of the Shanghai Dragons in this stage in particular has just been a level of synergy that we haven't seen before. They're playing really effectively and every week their matches get better and better. Have they won a match yet? No. Are they going to? Yes. 
it, they need to learn to work together. And what I've been seeing in the past couple of weeks is that they have been learning to work together very effectively, even though some of their players only speak Chinese and other, like, the new players that they brought on, they're speaking Korean. They're learning Chinese as they go here. And the fact that they've been as effective as they have been. Last week, they lost last week, but it was in a series of very, very close matches. Like, it was right down to the wire on all of them. So I'm really looking forward. I believe they're playing uh, Florida Mayhem this week. And I think they're going to win it. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. I am crossing my fingers here because uh, I love the dragons. I love a good underdog story. They're a very good underdog story. <laughs> They're definitely the underdogs. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, one last thing we mentioned before we move on to some emails. Last week they found the uh, Cultura Struid feral form, which we mentioned a little bit at the opening of the episode that the uh, Cultura and Druid forms. Right now we've got the the feral form and the guardian form, both of which are kind of Blair Witchy. I don't know how else to they're, describe them. They very much fit the Drustvar aesthetic. Yeah, they're wicker creatures. Like, it's like bone. They're bone and wood and stuff. Drustvar not... is a horror movie kind of, not like a... It's so good! It's like a creepy, spooky movie. Yeah. In Wow. Uh, and I, I love it. It's great. Um, there's references obviously to horror movies. There's a, you know, a reference to Wicker Man with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, it's if if Not you the if you've Not like actually bees. seen any of it, it's really there's some amazing. There was a Wicker Man movie in the seventies, by the way. That I, I, I know there was. That's that's why yeah, I said that's what it's referencing. It's not re- referencing the Nicolas Cage movie. That was a remake. It could be. I mean, <laughs> could be. Yeah, there are bees in the zone. I'm just saying. There's a if, there's a if part of Dressfar that has bees in it. If the Cultirus Druids get a altered version of a moon fire that's bee fire, then I will accept this. But, <laughs> At any rate, though, they are. Blizzard, are you listening? Because this needs to happen. <laughs> Seriously, come on. But uh, yeah, it's it's an, both forms are really interesting and cool and spooky, and I think that I hope that they do more of this kind of customization with allied races. I, I don't think we're going to get a ton more. Like we we have two druid races coming, and I think that's going to be it. Um, I don't think we're going to see any more. But in the future, with new allied races, I hope that if if they bring in a new paladin, that the paladin might have new aesthetics. I think that's a really cool the, thing. The Dark do. Iron does the Dark Iron have its own paladin mount data mind? I can't remember if that was. I, I think they had so. a ram. They had a kind yeah. Of ram. So yeah. yeah, they do because they were saying hopefully this you know translates over to the actual dwarves in the game, not actual, but the current dwarves because uh, they I think still use the human charger. Um, but this was also something that came up in the one of the interviews or open Q and A. I can't remember at the media day was that. They've kind of gotten more relaxed about uh, the models they use for things, you know, like the Druid forms, um, Exhibit A, Zandalari, Moonkin. Um, So it definitely opens that up in the future for especially Druids, but, you know, hopefully other classes as well. And I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Druids. And if that's sort of the the artistic philosophy or principles they keep forward, like, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I definitely think that would be very cool. Uh, but that's pretty much it for top stories for this week. So um, unless you guys think of anything you want to jump into right now, then we're going to move on to emails. I would just like to say I think it would be very cold tourist. Yeah, so. Well, thank you for saying that. that oh, we, no we problem. Nice, Even nice make any sense. Right I, well, he said, he said it would not, be very cool. 
Not and it that. reminded me of cool tourists. Uh, yeah, we just probably lost like 90% oh, of the viewers. All those people with the Cadgar emotes, they're going to just leave. <laughs> right. But, uh, anyway, all right, emails. How uh, about we do email, some emails? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. If you've got an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, with podcast or email in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Uh, try and keep them you know, relatively short so Anne can read them for us, which she's going to do now. Okay, first email is from, I'm going to try and pronounce this. I hope I get it right. Neoli, a bovine archdruid from Scarlet Crusaders Guild of the Turalion Realm, who says, Greetings, I'm bumming over the loss of the auction house functionality from the WoW Armory app on my phone, which, by the way, went bye-bye today, if I remember correctly. Um, Bathrooms will be so boring. Plus, the interface on the phone is way better than an in-game or even the add-ons available. I have an idea for the fine folks at Blizzard to keep it going without being a lost leader and not have such a sad group of auction junkies. <laughs> idea. In order for users to access the in-game auction functionality of the app, they're charged 99 cents per month. Or, if desired, users may use a WoW token for one year's worth of access. In addition, give those who sign up a title, something like Tycoon of Azeroth, Master of Auction <laughs> Administration, or maybe Corner of the market. I would cheerfully pay. Your thoughts, Neoli? Um, well, obviously, they're not going to implement anything like that because it went away. It went away today. Okay. Yeah, also, if or, you're, or two days ago or whatever. If you're, if you're super bored with your phone, may I? might I recommend Animal Crossing Pocket Camp? Yay! Uh, it's very wow, I didn't about that during the pre-show. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought we might get through the taking nope. of the show without nope, it. Nope, I'm but... not letting us. <laughs> oh, there's... there's... The fortune cookies, I know, right? A new new class of uh, essence. What? I can't wait till we do an Animal Crossing podcast (laughs) so I can bring up World of Warcraft during it. (laughs) New new campers and new essence tomorrow. Okay, so so what were we talking about? Auction house. Yeah, we were talking about the auction house. Do you think that the auction house would be, or the remote auction house would be more uh, fiscally viable or whatever if they actually like charge people to use it? And do you think that people would actually pay to use the mobile auction house? I think people would pay to use it. I, I think people would pay to people. use it. There are definitely. people out there who would definitely spend like a, a buck a month or more. Uh, yeah, I mean the functionality. But, but the, I don't think Blizzard got rid of it because it was costing them money. Is the thing. I don't think it was too expensive. I think it's basically a situation where it required a lot of backtracking. Like every time they made a change, they had to figure out a way to make the auction house work with it. You'll notice that the thing went down constantly. Every patch, it, it has been going change. down a lot uh, yeah. during lean. Yeah, like every true. patch, every time they introduced something new, every change they made, the auction house would go down. The thing was not stable with changes to the game, and they're making changes to the game a lot. Uh, auction house functionality. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's a situation where you can say it's costing us money so much as you can say it's costing us time. Which, of course, time is money, friend. Yeah, it's it is a cost, but it's. It's a cost where you have to put a development team who you could be using on something else to go back and make this thing work again. And you have to do it over and over again. That's just, okay, why haven't we gotten X done yet? Well, because the auction house was messed up again. Okay. you know, And I'm not saying that it, it doesn't go one-to-one. It's not costing us a raid tier. It's just something that Blizzard decided wasn't worth the effort anymore. Because as they said, not a lot of people used it. The people who used it used it a lot. I have friends who were like practically on that thing 24-7. Um, I know oh, yeah, that yeah. people loved the people that loved it really loved it, but they were a small minority of the player base. A viable 
active engaged minority and certainly it's always a bummer when you have to disappoint those kind of people because they they will feel it um but there's a point where you have to say okay we just can't keep devoting the resources to keeping this thing going i don't think money is the answer unless you get enough people to pay for it where you can hire people whose job is to keep the auction house running do you know what i mean yeah i'm actually curious um in terms of people paying for it if people pay for it uh I wonder where the like cost breaking point would be where the people who are using it are actually making enough gold on the auction house to transfer into Blizzard money. Like that's a weird like they're using the auction house to make gold that they then turn into tokens that they use to pay for the auction house. Yeah, it's kind of a cyclical thing. And I think right now, quite frankly, if people were paying like the amount this person listed a dollar a month. I know anybody who's currently using the auction house will was currently because now they can't. Did it uh, originally cost money? No, no I don't think so. I thought... But those people already made like enough on gold to easily get a, a, a WoW token a month. It's not a problem. Uh, they could easily pay for it. It's not even an issue. Even if you made it 10 bucks a month for this, they could get enough gold. And it would basically be the people who are buying WoW tokens would become the people paying for it. Uh, which is fine by me. You know, if people are spending money to buy wild gold, that's, I don't mind. So that would be getting paid for one way or another. Uh, I swear one of the features, the guild chat or something, cost money at some point. I don't know. Uh, could be. I don't remember. I think I, when it first came out, there was an aspect of it that actually did cost money. So, um, chat, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to interrupt this little reverie with a PSA on something that is like slightly related, but not really. Um, so the black market auction house. Um, don't bid on things unless you really want them. I, I discovered this last... I, I made an error last night, okay? Did you think you would get outbid? I, no, I well, I kind of hoped that I would after thinking... Okay, so it was really... To my... Look, it was really late... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't, you, you did something horrible, didn't you? I was did tooling you around. I was tooling around in the rogue class hall as you do when it's really late at night. And so of course, the, the rogue class hall has the black market market auction house. Like there's an auctioneer right there in the rogue class hall. And I have bid on things on the black market auction house before. Um, I've only won one thing, and it was a pet that I couldn't get to drop for the life of me off of, out of the uh, Siege of Orgrimmar raid. The one that drops off of a black fuse. Could never get that stupid thing. Oh. It popped up on the black market auction house. I was like, ah, oh, I'll get that pet there. That's fine. I've got over a million gold. Why not? Why not? So How I got the pet. How much gold do you have now? Well, I have about 173,000 less than I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh. I was rolling by and I was like, oh, let's click on this. Oh, hey, look, one of these auctions is really short. Oh, it's one of those, hmm, it's one of those unclaimed containers. I think oh, I'll get God. that. Why oh, not? I'll, no. I'll bid on that. So then I bid on it and I, and I bid 173,000 gold. <laughs> um, I didn't know what was in the box. I, I you know, I had, I had like 1.4 million gold. So it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like. I was it, like, it oh, why not? I have money bags. Stuff. I'm not spending it on anything else. I might as well. Let's let's see what's in here. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this is a bad idea. What's in those? What's in those? Really rare things? I have a lot of really rare things already. What if I get a duplicate of some rare thing that I already have? Oh, gosh. Why did I do that? And so I spent like the last like five minutes. I spent a good five minutes just hoping that somebody would outbid me. <laughs> 
nope, I got the notifier that said, hey, you've won an auction. I'm like, great, I won an auction. I'm so happy. Okay, so what did what did you get? I got a tailoring pattern on my rogue that is an engineer and jewel crafter. Oh, snap. Uh, not even a good tailoring pattern. Like, if it was a really pretty robe, I would have been. So I, I was like, okay, well, it's a pattern. Maybe I could just sell this on the auction house and recoup some of my losses. Um, I'm not the only person that apparently this happened to. I I have I have bid on one once. It wasn't that much gold, but this was also back in, like, Warlords, I think. Yeah. Um, And I got an item that, uh, it was like a raid item. Yeah. But it was a different armor class, so it was absolutely useless. Yeah. Well, um, I decided maybe I could go ahead and sell this pattern because it wasn't like bind on pickup or anything. Maybe I could go sell this pattern on the auction house and recoup some of my losses. Guess how much that pattern is selling for on the auction house? 20 gold. 400 gold. <laughs> that was it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like. That is what I Well. And then I, and then I we were thought on. about the fact that I just wasted like 170. Just. Psh, Gone, can't uh, get it 173,000 minus 400. Minus so. 400. That's <laughs> if the pattern sells, and I don't know if it's going to, yeah. because there's like 20 of them on the auction house right now. It's oh, ridiculous. Oh. Uh, so I guess the, the, the PSA is. here is just be careful when you're buying stuff on the black market auction house and think to yourself, is it really, really, really worth it before you bid? Because if I had done that, I probably wouldn't have pushed that button. As it stands, I'll make back that 173,000 gold in like two weeks. So I'm not too pressed here. But it's okay. this, this also does lead me to an, another anecdote. But um, mm. I, I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. Someone forgot that the, the bid cap had changed. Yes. So they bid like 960 some thousand or whatever, which used to be you could not bid higher than that. Right. Um, because the, the minimum increase is like 10 or 15 percent. Like it right. automatically does that. Right. Um. So that's all you had to bid. And someone bid the old cap and then got outbid because someone bid 999999 On the Zandalari um, Tiger mount. Yeah, that's what it was. It was mm-hmm. the Zandalari Tiger mount. And it was like, oh, man. Like, they still have that 900 and some thousand gold, but they definitely thought they were going to win that. and They, did they thought they were going to win a Tiger, and they did not. And the thing is, is once you bid the cap on there, nobody's going to outbid you. They can't. Exactly. It's yours. That's it's what they thought they were doing. Your poor... And it's yours. <laughs> Enjoy your tiger and your lack of any Or you're funds. still rich because you you're have... the type of person who spends a million on the uh, auction yeah. house. This is, these are moments where I'm glad I got the tiger before. I, I hate you. No, I, I kind of quietly see if anytime anybody talks about that mount or that mount being on the black market auction house because I was that person that was there like every hour on the hour with every reset of that stupid... Mm, trying to get that thing <laughs> see, right up until they removed it right up until they removed it and did I get it? Yeah. No. See I didn't even I wasn't even trying to get it uh, uh, yeah. I was trying to get my wife the mounts out of that place and oh, that tiger dropped rage. the tiger dropped the week before and then the very last week this was the last week we could go uh, we went to get my wife, my wife the uh, raptor and it didn't drop so she's mad but uh, the tiger drops, so she was like, "Oh, here, you, I've got one." See, so I here. have the opposite issue where, like, I went in with a friend because the friend wanted to farm 
it wasn't the tiger. It wasn't the mounts. It was like some. I think it was a the, weapon. The drop. mage. If I wanted oh. the fist weapons, because it might it might have been the fist weapons that he was yeah, after. Yeah, those things. It might have been the fist weapons that he was after. Anyway, so we wanted to go kill the raptor boss just because we were in there, and the mount dropped. So we all hit random, and I won it. Oh. And I was like, okay, cool. So oh, I have the raptor, but it was the tiger that I really wanted, and I never got it. I do like that tiger. Anyway, it's we should probably move cool. on to another email. Uh, we've got. We email. didn't really answer your question, Yuli. Sorry. <laughs> Yuli, we talked about it. It's enough. Yuli. 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 Anyway, regardless, let's move on. Sivus of Dethicus is our next emailer who says, "Greetings, watchers." In an interview with Perculia, Jeremy Feasel said that there may be island expeditions that reveal Rathion isn't the last black dragon. If these islands prove a backdoor method to revitalizing lost or forgotten races, groups, etc., what would you like to see make a return? Perhaps Medan did a castaway on one. Sivus of Dethicus. Yes, Medan is on one of these islands somewhere. He has a ball with him. Its name is Kothranatir. Um, it's not his friend. He's just keeping it from possessing him. If you've ever read the Warcraft comics, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> if not, you have no idea. If so not, let's just, just move like, on. And and thanking herself last week. Let's just let's just move on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys want to see on the islands? Uh, you first. All right. Um, I don't. Nothing's really been taken out of the game that I miss all that much. I, I most of the stuff. I like. I'm, I'm perfectly happy. I know we're going to see Mogo, Mogu on some of these islands, and I'm fine with that. Like, I want to see the Mogu still doing stuff. I think it's cool that they act beyond Pandaria. I would like there to be more Mogu presence in the game, but that's not something I, that I have to speculate on. I know they're going to be doing that. So Yeah, they're not just on the islands either. Yeah, so there's more Mogu. They're doing things. They're out there. Um, yeah, I, I'm totally not... There's nothing that got taken out really that i don't that i want back i can't even think of anything that really got taken out i mean it's it's yeah. more just like stuff that we haven't seen in a while like i yeah, have a definitive star. answer yeah okay go i have a definitive answer okay go. asric and jadar are those the the people in they were Shantra? the blood elf and the Drenai investigators that were in burning crusade like okay. way back when <laughs> And they ended up in, they were in wrath because they got fired. Because They, they were at the Argent tournament, tournament, and I believe that they've been spotted around the Dark Moon Fair. Like, that's where they've been popping up now. Um, yeah. I would like to see them in, in a more active aspect again. And put them on an island, guys. Come on. It'd be great. Oh, my God. Those two on an island would just be. Yeah. You could make a movie. I know, right? <laughs> it's going to basically just be waiting for Godot with those two, but. <laughs> Or, or Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I enjoyed that. That was a good read. Um, I don't know. Like, I, again, I, I mentioned Tuscar, but it's not like they're gone, and it's not like we, we really have Tuscar main lore characters. Um, there was, I think it's the Island Expedition hype video. Um, I, th- I think it shows one more island, like possible island, and it's like a, an icy one. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what they bring back there. Man, I I don't know. Like you're, you're right, Rossi. I don't know what's really been taken like, away. Like I mean, if you wanted to go nuts, you could have Sorok pop up. I mean, we're gonna have Tortolans, so Sorok. We, we do have Sorok in some of these. Yeah, there you go then. So I got I got nothing. I'd like to see an island of oracles and frenzy heart. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, there's Wrath had a lot of really good stuff. It did. It absolutely did. 
I don't know. If I, I'll, I'll try to keep thinking of something. If I, if I, something comes to mind during the show, I'll pop in. Okay, well, we'll jump to the next question here. Um, this is really weird at the end here. All right, um, I'm going to say that this is Avato, who says they've got a podcast question that says, Greetings, Watchmen and Watch Lady. My question is, how would you define a warrior in the Warcraft universe? Would any Soldier X be considered a warrior? Are there defining principles or qualities that would make one a warrior with a capital W? Can we talk about warriors as a cultural identity in the same way we might talk about shaman or druids? Thanks for all you do. Warriors well, are not local just... warrior yeah. experts. Yeah, go I was going to say, Rossi, this is, this is your question, <laughs> so just go for it. One of the things, I mean, I've always kind of struggled with this. One of the things I like about playing a warrior and one of the things I think is sets them apart from other classes is that there is no, like, there's no outside source for what they do. They don't draw upon anything magical or, you know, inherently, they don't have any inherent special training to be sneaky or anything like that. Uh, I don't think every soldier is a warrior in, you know, in much the same way that not every not every guy you see in the cathedral is like a capital P priest who does light magic and shadow magic and all that. Some of them are just, you know, really devout people. I'm sorry. There's currently a motor vehicle outside my house. Sorry. I apologize for that. I um, can't hear it. So good. I heard it, but uh, warriors, it, it, it's interesting because there's stuff you look at like rage and, you know, the various warrior specs that that's game mechanics. You don't necessarily, that's not necessarily showing up in the story, like when Varian goes from a one hand weapon to a two hand weapon in that cinematic, I don't think everyone's like, Oh, we switched specs to fury. That's not, you know, people in the game don't talk that way. Uh, they don't, that would they be don't care. Kind of funny if they did. Yeah. Ridiculous, but funny. So in terms of a cultural identity, I don't, I think there's not, it is definitely not the same as shaman or druids or paladins who are considered warriors of light. In many cases, the word is generic in the Warcraft setting. You say warrior, you mean you could mean in almost anybody who uses a weapon in fights. Um, so, no, not every soldier X would be considered one. It is kind of a class that exists for game mechanic purposes, as opposed to like hunters uh, or shaman or rogues or anybody. Other classes, you know, and rogues are kind of in the same boat in that, you know, being a sneaky person who steals things isn't necessarily. The same as the game mechanic rogue. You know what I mean? Like it it isn't. It's very hard to like actually like point. You know that we have characters. You you say are warriors. Like for instance, Sorfang. Um, Sorfang Varian was one. Uh, Gen doesn't seem to have anything else going on. Like at no point has Gen done something like pull out a gun or shoot a magic arrow at people or summon like you know turn into a like druid form or anything like that. So Gen seems to be one. But again, it isn't. It isn't as simple as. You know, oh, you're in the warrior class. That's why the warrior class hall is basically canonically. It's just you. Like, there's no famous warriors from history hanging out there. It's you and a bunch of right cool. Now, canonically, like when you go to the rogue class hall, there's tons of rogues there, right? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. All sorts of famous lore rogues. You go well, to the, the. I don't know about famous lore rogues. There's just a lot of there's a lot of shady people down there. Yeah, but we like, hang out. We have a good some time. Some famous people on the whatever council thing you guys make. Yes. Um, and then there's just like yeah, shady people who just hang out. There's the priest hall. The priest hall has has Velen and all sorts of like you know priest people. That one there. shadow priest you saw in vanilla that Blizzard had to bring back because there are no shadow yeah. priests. Yeah, that which But there's when you go to the warrior class hall, it's canonically Odin brought you there to be the war the, the chief warrior of Azeroth, and you're it. There's nobody else there. It's you and a bunch of like half naked golden Rykul people and 
then eventually you get a buddy, either Itreg or or Darius Crowley, depending on your faction. So it's eventually like poor Itreg. <laughs> Itreg has been like being dragged into people's problems forever. It's like, oh hi, Battle Lord. Yeah, I guess I have to be your sidekick for a while. But did I? My one of my oldest friends is dead. Do I get an? Oh no, I don't get any off time. All right, yeah, sure. And Darius Crowley, it's just great to hang out with him because you can totally be a buddy cop with a werewolf. But it isn't again. It, it's a class. No, there is no cultural identity to it. I'm still trying to think I of love, someone I want to. I, I think what I love about Eitrig the most is like when we first encountered him. It was in that um, that book that Metzen wrote, that short 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 story that Metzen wrote, um, and he was like away from everybody and kind of off on his own, right? Yeah, yeah. He was in, in a blood of, of blood and honor. He he had just kind of he was like living in the ruins of this abandoned watchtower in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> off keeping himself to himself. And then Tyrion found him, and nothing has ever been the same since. <laughs> He's like, Poor he, he just wanted to be alone. <laughs> he just wanted to be alone. It's like Tyrion out in the woods, happily sending us after maggots so he could have a snack. We dragged him into all of this, and yeah. Now he did. Yeah. I, I, if they ever got rid of Eitrig, I think I'd be very, very unhappy about that. Anyway, uh, I think we have time for like yeah, we can do one it. more email here. There's no name on this one. It was just tacked on to the end of things and I missed it initially, but um, I'm going to go ahead and run it here anyway. Nameless Person says, Leveling through Draenor. I'm reminded of how well done was the leveling overall, but especially the cutscenes. During the leveling, they introduced important villains and truly made for a more immersed experience. Legion lost some of that, I think. Would you all like to see a return of the cutscenes, especially with major villains who are raid bosses? I don't think we lost anything in cutscenes with Legion, really. Did we? Legion, Legion didn't do them the same way Warlords did them. Like, it didn't stick them. They weren't necessarily ones at the end of every... Like, we had the big ones at the end of Shadow Moon and uh, Frostfire, and then we had the big... The, the big uh, not. I don't want to say... In Negrand. Negrand, there was that there was that moment in Negrand, yeah. and that big one at the end, or no, the, excuse it, me, Negrand was the one, one at the end, every zone. and then in uh, uh, Talador, yeah, Talador, yeah, Talador, yeah. there was that moment in the middle there where you had a good one too. But Legion basically did them less that and more at the end of major chapters. Like you've got the, you've got a couple, like there's the big broken shore stuff. Before you even really push in, there's the big, the, the big, did the horde run away or not cinematics, and you get to watch Varian's death, and that's pretty huge. There's a lot of cutscenes there. I, I think Taryn actually talked about Taryn Gregory talked about this and said like it, it, they didn't want to necessarily say, hey, we have to do, um, we have to do one of these at the end of each zone. They wanted to do it like, okay, this is an important story moment. Let's cap it off with here's uh, a, a beat cinematic. that's really and, worthy of having a cinematic. And that's, yeah, and that's why you know we got two in Valshara. Yeah, we got Valshara has the Ysera one, and it's got the uh, one. It's actually the got the Ysera one first. One. Yeah, it's got the one where uh, Ysera gets corrupted and the one where Ysera dies. Those are both sad. Um, it's got the one at the very end of the Gen Sylvanas conflict over in Stormheim. You've you've got that one's huge. Uh, that's a really good cinematic. And then you don't really get a lot until we get the Broken Shore. Well, yeah, that one that's like the introductory thing to Suramar, which I thought was actually, it framed Suramar very well. Because you find this person who sent this beacon out to Cadgar, and they say, let me rest for a minute, and I'll explain to you what's going on. So they, like, kneel down Thalistra, 
you know, she kneels down like she's going to just take a little breather. And then it goes to the cutscene where she explains everything and the cinematic plays out. And I'm like, oh, that was really elegant. That was a good job. And then, yeah. Yeah. But it, it was less just, I mean, they're there. I certainly don't think you can say that they did less cutscenes. If anything, it, it gives the lie to that. There's the Illidan one at the very, the middle point of Argus. It's actually, no, it's even, it's even earlier. It's the, for, when you first go to Argus and you, you get. You get um, Light's Heart and bring it back. Yeah. And you do that. You basically bring uh, Zira back. That cutscene, I mean, wow. I mean, I'm still blown away by that cutscene. It was really well done. It ch- it changed the way I looked at Ullivan forever. Like, for all that he's... It didn't make him any more of a nice person or a likable person, but it definitely made him comprehensible. You could understand him. Uh, that, that rejection of being changed. He'd been changed enough in his life. So I thought that was really... You can't say that... It, the it, it was also cool, too, because it really presented the Naru in a, a more malicious light. No. I liked it because it kind of flipped the script on all of those Zira scene, scenes that you had yes, the baby view and day and all that other stuff that went on where she was talking about Illidan and not necessarily talking up my his virtues. Golden eyed love baby. No, it wasn't. It, she didn't. She it. I don't know. It's a Zira. It's they, they Zira. Whatever. They, they do refer to her as a she. Okay. So um, the last thing I want to do is misgender a Naru. So, uh, <laughs> Well, that's the thing is Naru are weird because some of them are referred to as he and she and then some of them they very specifically refer to them as it in in like the quest text and things like that. So I, I, I never really know. That's... I never really know. They're just a big wind chime. Anyway, so Zira. In the case of Zira, she wasn't really talking up Illidan so much as she was like introducing us to his backstory and getting us more familiar with what had happened to him. But it seemed like she was really drilling in this whole sympathetic angle to some people and she was kind of to a degree so when you got to that whole sequence in on Argus where she finally meets him for the first time and what does she do well it's kind of horrific what she tries to do and and it just it like completely it completely framed everything that came before in a very different kind of light no pun intended Maybe there is. Anyway, <laughs> just a little. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very distinct change. And, and it's not the only, like, one of the cinematics that we're not really talking about is the very end of the uh, Tomb of Sargeras when you see Kill Jaden go out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that... Cad, Cadgar uh, has, like, get us out of here, Cadgar. And Cadgar gets him out. And then Illidan, basically, in order for them to get out, Illidan uses the Sargeras keystone to rip a portal to Argus. And then it's just up there in the sky. <laughs> And, That's where like, we got and he's just smiling up at it like, hey, baby. You know, yeah, it's uh, creepy. Yeah. Speaking of which, can we get Cadgar face? Just because that's the cutscene where we got that emote from or image from. See, I don't oh, think you can say that they got rid chat. of it at all. Yeah. I don't think that they got rid of it, but um, they do have a point here, though, where they're talking about, like, introducing villains through leveling they did do that in Warlords of Draenor. I think they were kind of heavy-handed with it in Warlords of Draenor because it was like, especially during that whole introductory sequence, you went through and it was like oh, every, God. every time you ran into a warlord, it was like small cutscene. Let's zoom in on this guy now. Let's put the his name on the screen in gold letters just so you know who that is. That was a yeah, little, that you know, felt it was a like little the little silly. title cards for every villain. It felt here's. 
I don't disagree with you. I do feel like they went a little much, but at the same time, I kind of liked it. So yeah, I'm not I did kinda... to a degree. But do... the one that really, the one I really love is when it's really sad how they ended up actually misusing him. But when, um, oh god, Mister One Hand, Blade Fist, Cargath, when Cargath shows up. I wanted and, to call him Cadgar, and I'm like, that's yeah, not it. <laughs> I did, too. That's why I was calling him Mr. Nolan. Cadgarth Bladefist. Yeah, when, when Cargath shows up and has that little um, bit in the arena, and, you know, he and Cadgar are bickering back and forth. Yes. And, you know, you owe, you know, like, that was only 99, wizard. Well, we'll owe you one. Like, there, there was a, that was a nice beat. There was a lot of good beats in it, but in, in Oddly enough, I feel to a certain degree, the leveling experience of Warlords is what makes the end of Warlords feel so bad. Yeah, right. no, no, that the first time you do the going through the broken portal is just, it's incredible. Like, that whole section was really, the, you know, again, the, the title card things were a little cheesy at times, but... The first time you saw it, it wasn't. Fu- it was fine. It's when you're bringing your third alt through, you're like, yes, yes, I know. And here's Karga! Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it gets really bad with like some of the other ones, like uh, Dead Eye or, um, oh heck, Doom, Doom, not Doomfist. I want to say Doomfist. He wasn't in there, obviously. <laughs> Doomhammer. Yeah, Doomhammer. Yeah, Hammer. it's it's Doomhammer. also really funny when they you know do it with Goldan. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> Goldan, the guy who I should absolutely should not I st- know. should I still free him? Like I just saw his name. Um, should I do this? I should, you know, really they needed to get a guy who'd actually paid attention to Warcraft 1 and 2 because I should I should know better than this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I back to the main question. Um, I I like I just I don't know. I like the quality of the cutscenes, uh, especially especially the ones we've gotten where, you know, it's clear Christy Golden's working with uh, Taryn. And if they continue to do them more as story beats and less as, hey, we're at the end of a zone, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think we've gotten less. I think the quality has gotten better. Um, yeah, I like them. I want more. I'm always for more cutscenes, but if it doesn't I prefer, fit... I prefer a cutscene to like tell a story rather than you know show us someone's face and be like, this is, this is I don't know, Pugantha Basal. It's a very important <laughs> character. You know because their name just showed up in gold. We're not going to, yeah. we'll see them again later when we kill them in a dungeon. <laughs> it's much like when music, when music changes to, to let you know someone's the bad guy. Yeah. Done well, it's good, <laughs> it's good, but done poorly. Like if, if the guy literally just gets, goes, and now, hello, and just cuts to their face and their name shows up under it. And it says, it is a guy with shady motives. It's like, um, should, should. We so, so he's the bad guy, right? Yeah. He got his, yeah, so. <laughs> I think Gons was my favorite when he was all suspended and like singing. It looked like he well, I mean, he was like agonizing or whatever, but it looked like he was just in the middle of some really amazing (laughs) Broadway production down under the I feel evil. Dark portal was like yeah. Maybe I was gonna say Bard class. See, I'd be be all for a Bard class, but anyway, um, I think that's gonna wrap us up for email. We have a couple more, but we'll go ahead and carry those forward in the next week. It's no big deal. Uh, what? We got through a decent amount today. Yeah, we did. It was it was very nice. I appreciate it a lot. And once again, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. You can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries whenever you happen to, wherever you happen to be. You can try the service with a one-week free trial, and the subscriptions only start at like two ninety nine a month. They update new shows, or they add new shows every week, so it's kind of worth sticking around. Again, you can find that at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. Every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. 
Speaking of which, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. 